Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson. And welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. We've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. On today's episode, our special guest is Clint Bounds, General Manager of Sales for Stein Seed Company. Welcome to the show, Clint. Thanks for having me, David. So today, we're here to learn about Clint's background, his path to Stein, the many roles he's played while he's been with Stein, and how he supports our sales team members and their customers. So let's get started. First of all, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, uh, I grew up in uh, a small town on a farm in uh, Forest, Illinois, in central Illinois. My dad at that time, you know, growing up, probably had an 800 to 1200 acre farm. Uh, it's growing since then, but uh, grew up there on a farm. Uh, went to school, uh, Prairie Central High School, and uh, played some sports, did FFA, all that fun stuff uh, while growing up there. So good, good. And so, uh, where is where is that relative to the hot spots in Illinois? Where where is that? Yeah, just uh, north of Bloomington, Illinois. Okay, uh, about a half hour and about two hours south of Chicago. All right. So yeah, right in the heart of farm yeah. country there. Yeah, <laughs> some pretty good farm ground right in there. Some some of the best in the nation. So we can raise some really good crops in that area. So. Absolutely. So uh, where'd you go after you left uh, left home? So uh, when I graduated high school, I went to Joliet Junior College for two years. Um, wasn't a big school kid. <laughs> Didn't like school that much. And I thought, you know, my parents said, "You're going to school." You're going to go to college. You're going to do something besides just work. So my plan was to go there for two years and uh, get the heck out of school and and go to work. Well, when at Joliet Junior College, part of the uh, degree was to do an internship for one semester. And it was a really good, good experience. So I actually ran a floater and did some spraying for FS there in, in central Illinois. Did that for a while. And... Got a lot of experience there, but but ran into understanding how many hours you have to work when you're in the retail business. Sure. Later on, I would I would spend some more time in retail, but realized after a while, I probably want to go on to four years because I didn't know if I wanted to wanted to do that for a long time. So so I went on to Illinois State University, got my degree there, uh, 1998, I believe, and um, did uh, several internships. Worked for Dupont, uh, Agrigold, and and FS during that time gained a lot of experience and and um, you know growing up you know not only having the internships but one thing that really helped me with the seed businesses growing up my dad was actually a, a dealer a seed dealer himself and um, you know a lot of times you know we'd have work to do on the farm and I'd ask dad hey can I ride with you you know you get me out of work or for that day and so I'd ride with him and you know, I actually learned a lot from him. He was actually a pretty good salesman. He sold a lot of seed, and uh, it was a big part, you know, especially being a smaller farmer growing up, that was a big part of his income was selling seeds. So so I did that and learned a lot from him. So between doing that and a lot of the internships I had, uh, you know, I, I, I learned a lot uh, through college and 
And, and, you know, that brings up a great point because one of the things that's in our industry that's so neat is there's a great history of farmer dealers. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously in our business, dealers come in all shapes and sizes, and, and but farmer dealers are, are really unique and, yeah. and they have their own kind of pulse on the business, but yes. that, that that's that's kind of neat that you grew up that way. So yeah. probably fond memories of, of, you know, seed days and delivering seed Absolutely. and plot days and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's changed a lot. You don't see that as much anymore, but but yeah, a, a lot of fond days. Dad would have a big uh, plot day and, and always, you know, growing up in the country, you're not in the city. You know, that's something you really look forward to. Everybody <laughs> were from around town coming in, and even if they didn't buy seed, you know, they came to the to the uh, plot day and had a lot of fun. So it was neat. Yeah, you live out in the country. The social calendar is a little different it than is. it is in town. Yes, it is. A little bit. A little bit. You, yeah, there's exactly. a lot of things you find to do to entertain yourself out in the country. So, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, okay, so you get out of school, and then where, where to from there? Yeah, so um, – I started uh, working in retail at uh, Randolph Ag Service in, in Hayworth, Illinois, just uh, south of Bloomington. Um, when I had an internship with DuPont, I actually got to know uh, the people at Randolph Ag Service. I did some scouting for them because uh, they, they did a lot of uh, DuPont business. So so I went to work for them for a couple years um, and learned a lot, uh, did a lot of things uh, there, anything from mixing chemicals, scouting fields. Uh, they hired me on as a salesman, but I think anybody that's been in retail will tell you that you can have any title you want, you're gonna do anything. And that sure. included pressure washing floaters and trucks when they bring them in at, at night. Um, so, but you know, there's times I thought, man, I got a degree for this. And that that work taught me a lot and made me really thankful for like the things I do today. And um, it was it was a great experience. I actually became a Stein dealer while I was there at, at Randolph Ag Service. Uh, one day, this uh, old guy named Kevin Ryan, um, <laughs> who's down in Arkansas for Stein right now, he came walking in the door and wanted to know if someone wanted to sell Stein seed there. And so they volunteered me to do that. But it, it was it was a good experience. So. so that was your first interaction to Stein. That was, was Kevin Ryan. That was Kevin came in. So he signed me up. And uh, I took over the seed business there, and uh, we sold we sold Stein. And at the time, they already had uh, an agricole or an uh, Asgro and Garst dealership there as well. Ended up selling more Stein, liked the people better, and and honestly, the products were better. Uh, yeah. They were good, so we sold sold a lot of Stein. But the second visit, uh, Kevin Ryan came with a couple signs and post and. So if you want to be a seed dealer, you're going to have to learn what to do and how to do it right. And so he gave me some signs and posts and told me to go put them up in, at, at a plot. So, <laughs> so I don't think he wanted to do it. But yeah. So some free labor there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. So, but no, it was good. I, I went around and uh, worked with Kevin. We rode together and go see some farmers and, and we still laugh about it uh, to this day. So it was good. So, so what was the presence of Stein Seed in that particular area where you were working at that time? Yeah, um, wasn't a huge market share there at all. Um, but you know, everybody kind of knew Stein, Stein's name in soybeans. And at that time, Myron Stein was the regional manager in that area, and he was building that up, hiring ISRs to build up that market share, and was doing a good job at that. But 
it's just like anything else you know you you can have the best product in the world but you got to go see the people you got to go especially farmers so at that at that time the market share wasn't real big but uh we were just coming on with some good product about that time was around roundup ready was starting to get big and so the soybean sales were definitely going up at that time so in the case of randolph ag you'd say getting out talking to those customers Mm -hmm. drove the sales of stein at that time yeah oh definitely yeah um and so my job was to not really you know my job was to sell stein to anybody i could but it was also to try to get business for randolph um, with new fertilizer and chemical business with new customers that weren't doing business with us so i learned how to cold call um, was it was a big part of what i learned there um and while doing that i was selling stein and Stein helped us get in the door to later on sell some growers some, you know, fertilizers, you know, chemicals, whatever that might be. But it was just kind of a way for us to get in the door. And it was a good way because people enjoyed the product and and, uh, it did well. And it wasn't a, you know, you weren't worried about how the soybeans were going to do. And once you did that and a customer was happy with the product, you sold them. That was a good way for you to build that trust and build that relationship with that grower. So in some of the cases you were talking to existing customers who were already purchasing from the retailers, sometimes it was mm-hmm. going out talking to new customers yeah. and you just said cold calling, you know, was important. Um, yep. I think that's a tripping point for a lot of folks. Don't, doesn't matter the industry that, mm-hmm. you know, cold calling is a challenge for Absolutely. people. I mean, how did you overcome that? Yeah. Well, honestly, when I was, you know, in the two years I was with in retail, um, it was still difficult for me, to be honest with you. I mean, and it, they didn't, I had other things I could do. And some days when I didn't feel like prospecting, you know, well, I'm going to go um, scout or I'm going to go clean up the shop or do some other things or whatever that is that day. But really when I started with Stein as an ISR and I made that commitment to jump into an area with very, very low market share, I had no choice. If, if I was going to take that job, I knew I had to do that or don't take the job, right? And um, so starting out with Myron as my boss, it, that that's really where I learned to prospect and actually learned to enjoy it and, and be successful at it. So you, as you alluded to right there, so at a certain point, um, you decided to join Stein as a sales representative. Yeah. So uh, tell me about that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I joined uh, Stein as an ISR in 2000. And um, like I said, two things uh, guided me in that direction. One was the product did really well. And at that time, you know, mostly what we were selling is, is soybeans, especially with that dealership. You know, the product did well. So selling something that people enjoy, you know, or they, they had success with that, w- that made it more fun. The other thing was the people that I worked with. Um, so Kevin Ryan was the uh, DSM for a while or the ISR, and then he moved on to agronomist role. And then Mike Musselman took over. Well, I'm still friends with Mike to this day. And then uh, Kevin Burlymeyer came on as, as an agronomist as well. So Kevin stopped by a lot you know, to, to talk a little, you know, BS a little bit. And we got to be pretty good friends and, and working with Mike, I just enjoyed the people and really hadn't met Myron yet. And so, um, 
they told Meyer and they said, man, you, you should give this guy a call. We got an opening up where he used, where I used to live up north a little bit in Livingston County should, uh, give him a call. So we met, actually met a couple of times. It took him a couple of times to get me to, to jump on, uh, you know, in his independent contractor role. So it's sure. a little bit different. So, um, but, um, uh, finally I, I jumped on and I'm glad I did. So what, what sealed the deal for you? <laughs> well, I, a couple, a couple things. One is I wasn't going to miss being in retail and the hours I had to spend doing sure. that job. I, and I, like I said, I learned a lot and it was great and, and I'm glad I did it, but the hours were crazy. Uh, at that time I had two young little kids, you know, two and five and was not seeing them very much. I was gone a lot. So this would give me a little bit more freedom uh, to set my hours and, and do what I wanted. All, at the same time, I knew I'd have to be disciplined and do the right things. But So that was a big part of it. And, um, you know, Myron, just sitting down with him, knowing that he would be the main person that I'd work with, uh, you know, got along with him right from the beginning, thought, man, there's some really good people. So, you know, just the, the culture seemed like a, like a really good culture to work with. So it's good. Yep. Starting out as a sales rep, in that uh, territory, you said the market share was relatively low. So I think it sounded like from the beginning, you kind of made a decision that, that prospecting was going to be, you know, how you were going to grow mm -hmm. that yeah. territory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the first couple of years there. Yeah. So at that time, to, to have a deficit your first year or two or three with Stein was pretty common. I mean, you know, at that time I was making 85 cents a unit on beans and now, you know, look what it is now. And that's, that's, that's awesome. So that's changed a lot. So one of the things that Myron and his boss at the time uh, put together for me, and I think it was the first deficit reduction program ever developed in the company. You'd have to ask Myron, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, but they put together a program for me that if I made, if I ever six calls a day, they'd wipe out a third of my deficit at the end of the first year. If I, if I uh, called on seven people a day, they'd wipe out two thirds. And then if I averaged eight calls a day, they'd wipe out a hundred percent. I thought, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to make eight calls a day and wipe this thing out. And I found out that was really tough <laughs> to get that done, but I really wanted to wipe out my deficit. Um, I ended up the first year averaging 7.2. Uh. And uh, I thought, man, surely, you know, 7.2, they'll bump that up to eight. And they didn't. <laughs> they rounded it down to seven. But, uh, but I, you know, but I did that. And, and you know, I credit Myron uh, for, for really pushing me and staying on me. Um, I documented everything. And, you know, at that time, I was 26, 27 years old and, you know, wet behind the ears and things. But I, I didn't know any better. I just knew I got to get out there and I just got to knock on doors. And. So, you know, my goal was to try to get eight done per day. And as I continued to do that, you got to where you're really used to doing it and the hesitation to pull into a driver's barnyard or into a fertilizer plant or a grain elevator was fairly easy. Uh, you just, it's just like anything else. You practice and I, I tell people that all the time. You gotta do that and the more you do it, the better you get at it. And you know how to answer questions. So. So that's how that worked, and, and the territory I took over had 50 bags of corn and 5,000 bags of soybeans in it when I took that over. So I, I prospecting, I had no choice. I had to do that <laughs> to, to, to grow the business. And, and at that time, um, 
you know, we did not sell, you could sell direct, but it had to go through a dealer. Sure. So you only had dealers to set up. So my main focus was uh, talking to growers and then also trying to um, go into ag retail. I went into grain elevators, uh, farmer dealers. If I saw a, um, you know, farmer sign at the end of the lane for, you know, being a dealer, you know, that was a green light. Get in there, talk to that person. So I actually, through that prospecting, you know, if you, I, I ended up signing on four different FS member companies. And within, the, within those, each of those had eight to 10 uh, dealers. But if you count all those and, and all the other dealers, you know, I had I signed up 50, 60 dealers mm-hmm. in my area. Now, they all didn't work out, but, sure. but it was worth, worth a shot. So, so I had a lot of success and, and, and did that. And, um, and the main reason why is, is because, you know, that, that first year, which I tell everybody that's key, you got to get out there first year and let everybody know who you are and uh, let them know your name. And, and soon as you have success, and I've told other people this too, pretty soon they, they start hunting you down, the other companies, and they, and they want what you've got. But that's a whole other story. But yeah. yeah so. so, you know, we're going to talk about some of the other roles you've had. But I guess before we leave the ISR side, I mean, is there anything that sticks out in your mind when you think about, you know, those first couple of years, your, your first tour of duty with Stein, is there any memory you have or certain thing that sticks uh, out in your head? <laughs> well, yeah, lots of things. Some, <laughs> some of them I can't tell you, but um, probably one of the craziest things, and, and I, and I want to tell this story um, mostly so the ISRs can understand that when they have bad days and, and they're going through some tough times, I, I know how they feel. And, and this, this situation was crazy. So this was, gosh, almost almost this time of the year, right before Memorial Day weekend. I was going to look at a, at a field, these farmers called, and the dealers called, called me actually said, hey, we got these farmers, they have some uh, field of your beans. They think they need to replant, they wanna start replanting right now. I said, well, you know, I've gotta get over there and I gotta check it out and make sure it's okay and then go get you the soybeans. Well, they, you know, I, I got to the field and they're standing there and they've got a truck full of, of a competitor soybeans that was the quickest they could get and the dealer that was selling for me they didn't sell a whole lot of stein they were trying to just get started and they sold another competitor so they had those beans available oh, okay. so i would have had to go an hour to go get these stein beans to replant with well anyway long story short uh, i told him hey you need to wait and i said these you got some beans just sprouting in the ground here you know i think when when you come back monday or after memorial day you're not going to have to replant this field he blew up on me, him and his son. He got upset. They wanted to park that planter and be done planting before Memorial Day. And I told him, I said, man, I, you know, guys, I, you know, I've got to do this. You know, I, I can go get the beans. It's an hour away. He had a few choice words for me and proceeded to take the soybeans he had. Thank God it was a competitor soybeans, but it had the soybeans he had on the bed of the truck and started throwing them at me. <laughs> and told me to get the blank out of here. Oh no! And that and that was the first and really the last experience I had like that. That was crazy. And I remember I was shaking because I was like I said, 25, 26 years old. I'm shaking. I call Myron up, and <laughs> Myron's like, "You don't need those guys as a customer. You don't have to go back there." You know. So I bring uh, the, our agronomist Kevin Burley Bryer back on Tuesday, and he says, "Yeah, you guys." And they went ahead and replanted. But he said, "Man, you you guys didn't need to replant." But uh, uh. 
but um yeah so it was just kind of a crazy crazy deal that was that was one of the craziest and and uh but you, you always you know you knock on doors and you you run into situations where people you're calling on a guy you just know his names well he, he's not around anymore you know and stuff sure. like that but yeah. dogs chasing you around stuff like that but <laughs> we, we all deal with that if you do it enough so yeah yeah uh, great stuff um well, so during that time, you you must have done something right because at a point you got asked to take on a regional leadership role mm-hmm. in the company. So, what uh, describe a bit of of what that role, the territory mm-hmm. that that was? Yeah, at that time, you know, we had so I, so I actually took over Myron's region, um, and he, and he moved up and was moving to out to Iowa, I think, at that time. At that time, like I said, we had five regions, so I had all of Illinois and Wisconsin, and uh, now that's uh, one, that's probably six or seven <laughs> regions right now, but that I had all that, and I think I had, um, oh, I don't know, around 15 uh, ISRs at that time, and so managed those guys, but just spent, you know, biggest part of my job uh, we're obviously servicing those, those ISRs, making sure they had what they needed, taking care of issues they had. But the biggest part was was taking what I learned and what I did and, and trying to pass that on to, to them. And uh, I and, and the best thing I could do is go out and ride with them and uh, spend time with them. And I think I think as a, as a leader or a manager like that, if you want your people to follow you, you want to be a leader, you have to earn that respect. And a lot of that is doing the things that you ask them to do, whether that's, you know, if they're shipping you help them ship, yeah. uh, delivering seed, putting in plots, prospecting, uh, calling on dealers, all those things. You need to get out there and do that stuff. And I, I have a hard time standing in front of people and telling them they need to do this or that when I haven't done it myself. And I'm not saying you have to have that complete job. It's just get out there with them and do that so you understand it. Put up signs with them, you know, uh, all that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I did a lot of that. Uh, I just spent a lot of time out with them and and uh, building a relationship with them. And and like I said, when you do that and you ask them to do better and you ask them to change things and, and do things to, to help them grow their business, I think when you've done that for them, they have a little bit more respect and they listen to you. So when you went from uh, you know one sales district to now you know, a regional leader yeah. covering, you know, two states. I assume that your universe gets expanded yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we all think ag is kind of homogeneous, right? It's mm-hmm. the same wherever, but it's right. probably not. No. Especially that area, north to south. That's Absolutely. a pretty interesting part of the world. It's I long. Mean, things you learned, uh, anything sticks out in your mind? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> Illinois at that time, that's, you know, now it's definitely different. But in Illinois, you know, you go from the south all the way to the north, it's like a whole different state. You know, the way they farm and and when they can get in and, and the soil types, if it rains, is the amount of time they can get in to, to plant compared to where I grew up. Like I said before, when we started, there's pretty good soil types there. So yeah. it, it uh, you gotta you got to really be pretty bad farmer to screw up right there but yeah and then you get up into wisconsin uh rolling hills and you go call on a farmer and you you say he says yeah i give you 100 percent of my business that could be 100 bags of beans yeah. you know where where in central illinois that's 
probably a couple thousand or a thousand at least, <laughs> you know. So so next chapter, you kind of moved into a leadership role as the Eastern Sales Director, and then that kind of led into actually becoming the company's first director of training. Right. So a lot of the things that you talked about here are things mm-hmm. that I think the company saw value in and what saying, Hey, we want to try to replicate some of what Clint's been doing on a larger scale. I mean, is that sure. kind of the idea? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, one, one of the things that, uh, especially on a regional level that we did, um, that I, that I started doing was, was actually the business plans and, and doing the territory checks where we'd meet quite a bit throughout the year. And, and obviously that's has spread out throughout the company. Um, but I remember, you know, Myron coming to me and saying, hey, you know, I, I think we need to start a, a training program. And it was more, at that time, it wasn't all about just, you know, teaching people how to sell so much. It was just our policies and procedures and programs and how to do things right. Sure. And uh, there, there's that's a big part of the business. And now we have a lot of people that can help us with that. Renee does, and her, her staff does a lot with that. But, you know, it was all about that. And I remember talking to Myron thinking, you know, I don't know how long I want to do this, but I, I wouldn't mind trying to take over this role uh, just because, you know, I don't know everything and I'm not an expert on everything, but I've done, I've done some things right and I've done a lot of things the wrong way <laughs> and learned that way. And I think I can, I can help people and teach them. And, uh, under, you know, when I talk to him about the different policies, procedure programs and selling and things, I can uh, go back and, and relate to what I've been through. So, so I did that for two years. And uh, it was successful, and people liked it, I think. Um, and uh, it just got to the point where, you know, I was, I was ready to do something different. And, and we knew somebody within the company that, that kind of had interest in doing that and, and doing more on the on actually sales training part of it as well. But uh, was ready to kind of move on uh, from there after a couple of years anyway. So, yeah, good. Yeah. Good. And then so from there, you assumed the role you have now. Is that yeah. right? Yep. General manager. Yep. So talk a little bit about the organization as it sits today in terms of size and scope of the team mm-hmm. that you oversee on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, so today we have, give or take on, on the week it is, uh, but around 250 ISRs currently active in the company. And uh, last year we added on uh, 60 new ISR districts just last year and the year before it was 40, 50, whatever, and, and, and added some the year before that as well. Everything, ever since I think it was 2014, we've, we've added, continued to add, add ISRs. So, so we're going, growing quite a bit there. You know, 10 years ago, we had around 70, 80, David, I think it was, okay. ISRs. So we've grown a lot there. Uh, last year, we added nine more regions, which has put us at 34 new regions. And then we added Jason Green for the South last year, uh, which gave us our fourth division. So we have, have four divisions uh, that we work with and, and four regional or four divisional managers I work with pretty much every day. So. Yeah. So in terms of the past decade, I mean, that's a significant amount of growth when you go from you know, 70 or so sales territories mm-hmm. to 250. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, 10 regions or whatever up to 34. So yeah. with that comes complexity. And But it, yep. it, uh, it's, it's been a fun ride. And it's also kind of neat to see just the steady uh, 
mostly steady, sometimes uh, <laughs> unsteady growth <laughs> of the organization. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, one yeah. of the, it's been really fun to watch as mm-hmm. the as the organization has developed, and you've done a really good job of managing that. So, since you've had such a long period of time within the organization, I guess my question is what what are some of the things that you know you see about the sales side of our organization that are still the same as they were when you came on board? Sure. Well, I think one of the biggest things is the thing that we had when I first started and we've got now is an awesome story to tell about Stein C Company and, and how different we are and, and uh, the breeding programs that we have to offer or an independent soybean company. Uh, so that that's, you know, a big, big, big part of that. It's great. I mean, so many industries, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, but relationships matter. But um, I, I think from what you've talked about today, I'm thinking, you know, the, the, it strikes me that, that ag is a small world, right? Mm-hmm. And um, farmers have a lot to worry about. The last thing they want to worry about is something that they can try to, uh, try to not worry about, right? right? So when it comes to seed, uh, they're looking for an advisor and looking for somebody they can trust. And that's why, yes. whether that's, uh, whether that's the guy at the co-op, whether that's the retailer, whether that's their, their Stein rep, yep. you know, they kind of need that help to get them through, uh, because mm-hmm. they have plenty of other things that they can spend their time trying to, trying to decode and, and worry about. Seed doesn't have to be one of them. And, right. and uh, as time goes on, that's a pretty valuable role, I think. And yeah. The seed business yeah I, I, trust is huge and and that's and it takes a long time to build that to build that up you just don't call on a customer wants sell them seed and you got that you know and especially to to maintain that and um you know we always talk about you know prospecting and getting new people but taking care of your current customers and keeping them is, is huge um to do that but um yeah so it's important so when you talk to farmers, um, what do you want them to know about Stein Seed Company, this company that you work for? I think it's important for, for growers to know that, you know, we're one of the few companies out there that are have breeding and are working to develop better products for the farmer every day. And when a farmer buys Stein, they're investing into that. And, and that's something that not every every company can offer so i think that's important i think it's important for them to know that uh service and taking care of them and and building that trust like we just talked about is important and that's that's on the forefront of uh, the things that that we talk about in a management team is what can we do to to make sure that we're taking care of the customer we can sell them the best seat on earth but if we're not servicing them right that relationship's not there uh, if there is a problem, every company deals with that. We're going to deal with that. Unfortunately, those things happen, but we got to deal with it right. Well, you brought up a good point, and I've heard Myron Stein say before, you know, if you're one of the handful of companies that's doing, you know, genetic development, you know, doing breeding work on soybeans or corn, for example, then you're adding value to the ag industry and you're adding value to the, to the yes. farmer's bottom line, potentially. And if you're not doing <laughs> genetic development and breeding work, then 
you're really not adding any value to the system. I right. mean, you're, you're just selling product, right? Yep. And so one of the things that's great about our organization is, you know, we're one of the value-added components of row crop agriculture, I guess. Yep, so absolutely. Really cool. Yep. So you started in 2000, so you've been here 20, you know, 22 yep. years? 22 years, yep. What's, uh, what's kept you here for 22 years? Well, this is kind of crazy, but you might... I don't know if you're in the same position as me or not, but I've had the same boss the whole time. Um, and I have not, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's kept me here or not. You know, <laughs> depends on the day. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. Um, but the, you know that that's been part of it. Um, just that relationship there, the type of boss he is, and, and dealing with him. The nice thing is, is, is with with Myron, he understands. Um, he, he reads in and understands people's strengths and puts them in the right positions. And I've seen him do that over the years. He's really good at that. But just that relationship's been huge. And being able to have a say in what this company's doing. You know, I may come up with an idea and, and you guys tell me I was dumb. No, we're <laughs> not going to do that, Clint. But to be able to be heard and express your thoughts and, and your ideas, and Stein's really good at that. And so that's been a big part of it. Um, the relationships I've built over the years has been huge. And again, just the pride I have in working for a company that's doing what it's doing. And a family-owned company, it's not a corporate company, a family-owned company doing what we're doing on the breeding side of thing and the research side of things and, and developing what we've got. I've, I've got a lot of pride in that and I got a lot of confidence in that. And so a combination of those things has kept me here. I love it. And I had, I had a uh, <laughs> headhunter call me uh, a couple years ago and she said, well, how long have you been with Stein? And I told her, it was 20 years at the time. She goes, oh, you're a lifer. <laughs> so is that what you call us? <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, yeah, it's uh it's uh, plan on retiring here, hopefully. So, good for those who've been tuning in. Uh, we've been listening to Clint Bounds, general manager of sales for Stein C Company. Clint, I really appreciate you coming in today and sharing your Stein story with us. It's been great. Thanks for having me, David. Well, that's our time for today. I'd like to thank our guests and our listeners for joining us on another episode of the Stein Seedcast. We'll be back soon again with more expert interviews and insights about all things Stein. To never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Stein has yield.